Welcome back to the podcast. Special episode. On this one, we have a roundtable. Hope and Joel and I uh, kick around some of the recurring myths that swirl around the military officer community as it relates to uh, getting out of the military and really as it relates to Cameron Brooks in particular. So we uh, we sat around the table a couple weeks back and, and really just kicked around different questions that we get, frequent, frequently asked questions about who we are, what we do. We talked about timing. We talked about a bunch of things. And so as a matter of fact, we I think the, the total conversation lasted about an hour and 10 minutes. So what we've decided to do is break up the conversation into two episodes, this one and the next one. So on this episode, which is about half an hour long or so, um, we cover, we, we basically break down, okay, who, who are you, who are you, Cameron Rooks, and what do you do? And then the, uh, the two other main topics that we cover are fee, like how, you know, as, as a business, how is Cameron Brooks compensated? And then, and then next we talk about location. I think that conversation, although we've covered in so many other platforms and, and we've covered a lot of different uh, ways and a lot of different areas, that conversation constantly comes up um, as an issue. And I think that there's some, some big misconceptions about Cameron Brooks, especially as it relates to location. So we cover that one and that's about it. We got to about a half hour on those three topics. In the next episode we'll cover more questions around timing, a little bit about the partnership, but you know, we've covered that on a whole separate podcast. So that one's pretty quick. Um, you know, questions like, you know, what's the catch? You know, it seems too good to be true. Question, there's a question, what industries do you represent? And then what should I be focused next in my career? So all that's in the next episode. So I hope you stay tuned for that one as well. That will, will, will publish that one here in a couple of weeks. That'll be the next one. So for now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass it off to Hope and she's gonna do a quick intro into this episode. And then we'll get off and running with these. Hey, before I get started, if you wanna know a little bit more about Camera Brooks, who we are, what we do, you can check out a lot of our uh, media and content on our website, cameron-bricks.com. If you're um, interested in preparing the transition, I'd encourage you to check out about PCS to Corporate America, give you some good insight and tips on ways to prepare and things to do in terms of your preparation. Um, and of course, if you're interested in talking to Cameron Brooks, uh, you can reach us. You can reach out to me directly. My email address is very simply my name, Pete, at Cameron-Brooks.com, or you can give me a call at 210 210- 874-1500. Okay, without further ado, here's Hope, and then here's the conversation. So hello, and welcome back to another Cameron Brooks podcast. Today, we have both Pete and Joel joining us. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Hi, Hope. Hi, Pete. Good to be here, <laughs> Joel. Well, we're glad to have you both back. I, I love it when we do roundtable discussions like this on the podcast. I think it's really fun. Um, so today we are going to tackle some frequently asked questions. So I speak with officers every day who are considering a transition and they could be at any phase of their transition research, just starting out, really wanting to learn more in the middle of it, has an idea of what's going on, but wants more specific information or all in my packet submitted, let's go. Um, but these are the questions that I am asked 
almost every time in each conversation. So we wanted to address these topics and FAQs in podcast form for our audio listeners. And then um, just as an FYI, these FAQs are on our website along with a number of great resources. Uh, So that's www.cameron-brooks.com. And if you love video format, we do have a YouTube channel where these FAQ videos are as well. Um, So if you are on YouTube, would love for you to hit that subscribe button. So to kick us off here, Joel, I think I'm going to throw this one at you first. We have an icebreaker question. What is the most outrageous recruiting firm assumption you've ever heard? Well, they're not, I guess for the listener, I don't know how outrageous this is because they may actually think this, but it's outrageous for me internally because we have so many diverse types of candidates and backgrounds. But in one week, Hope, I will get somebody to say, well, I hear you only work with academy graduates. Well, I hear you only work with engineers. And then last week, uh, like in the same week, I got the kind of the question, well, I hear you only work with liberal arts majors that have great leadership skills and make them business people. So somehow there's this perception that we have a very narrow uh, type of candidate that we want to work with. But in the end, with thousands of client companies and I mean, the endless different types of positions that we recruit for that take different types of experiences. There's not one specific type of candidate. In fact, our conferences are best when we have a variety of years of experience. We have a variety of educational backgrounds. We have people represented from every branch. Yes, and that does include you, Coast Guard, if we can even get a Coast Guard person to come as well. It's just because the companies, that's what they're trying to do by hiring a junior military officer is they are diversifying their recruiting pool. And so they like that. So I think that's it. It's interesting. I think it's outrageous because it's actually goes against exactly what we're trying. Well, that was great, Joel. Um, Thanks for tackling our icebreaker question. So that is actually a great segue into our very first question. And I always get this at the very beginning of my conversations with officers. Who are you? Who is Cameron Brooks? And what do you do? I think that the, this could be tackled in a couple of ways. And we'll try not to be long hope. Um, if you take it from like what's on the website and just very black and white, what do we do? We help military officers, junior military officers, typically those with four to 14 years of officer leadership experience, transition into leadership development roles into corporate America. It's almost like if some, but I want to twist it around. It's almost like if I go to a dinner party and somebody says, Joel, what do you do? I say, well, I'm a recruiter uh, for Cameron Brooks and here's what I do. But in in the end, more so, I really want to tell you if the, kind of the heart and soul of what we do at Cameron Brooks. Because I think that's helpful if you're out there exploring Cameron Brooks to understand what are, what problem we're trying to solve here. Mm-hmm. So what we really do, we've got a client side of our company, client services led by Chuck Alvarez, our CEO. And that side of the business is working with companies, industry, great industry leading companies that come from a variety of Privately held, large, large publicly traded companies that range in size from 20 all the way up to companies the size of Johnson & Johnson. 
you know, Fortune 20 companies. And we help them build leadership bench strength by hiring people that have great leadership experience and potential to move up in higher levels of leadership responsibilities. But for the military officer, which is probably more of a, a relevant question to them, what do you do? Well, what we do with you is we want to understand or educate you on some of your options in business. Because you're thinking about getting out. What is out there in the business world? Where can you go? What are those options? And then after we educate, work with you on educating you some of those options out there, we want to understand where do you see yourself three, four, five years down there? Where do you see your, your career going? So we take this future you, and then we spend time with you to understand where are you now? What do you know? Uh, what are you good at? What do you like to do? What do you hope you, you, you're doing now that you kind of can continue to do when you go to business or when you get out? And then there's a gap. And then we look at, or well, with that gap, can we help you make this transition from where you are today to, to the future you? And we partner. So that gap, typically, we're looking to partner with people who say, I want to go to the business world. I want to be a leader. I want to grow in my leadership role there. I want to grow in my responsibility. And so that, that I'll just take that part of the equation that goes to the other, that goes to the client company side. Then that helps the our client companies solve their problem as well. And we're not right for everybody because not everybody wants to go to the, the, to the business world. Not everybody wants to go what we call the commercial business sector, um, which would be like the non-defense and government agencies. Not everybody wants to do that. Um, and not everybody wants to make a transition straight out of the military going into business. So, well, that's what we do. It is a pretty small subset of the military. First, the mil junior military officers, typically four to 14 years of officer leadership experience, and a very specific set, uh, group of people based on their goals. I don't know, Pete, how did I do it? Yeah, right on. Yes. Yes to all that. Okay, good. <laughs> good job. I've only been saying that for like 20 plus years. Well, it's so. funny as, as, as you were saying all that, I, I thought, you know, just for those of you on the call, Joel's been doing this for 21 years. I've been at Cameron Brooks for only a little over eight years. And I've, uh, and I, and when I got out of the military, he coached and trained me getting out of the military. And then when I came to Cameron Brooks, he coached and trained me. I'd ride along with him and watch him give presentations for, it felt like an attorney, but it was only a couple of weeks. <laughs> I think it was several months. <laughs> You're still there. <laughs> I'm still there. Uh, but it's funny because when you were saying that stuff, it really, for a moment, just really brought me all the way back to like first starting out at Cameron Brooks. And to your point, our model just hasn't changed. And I think we certainly changed the way we say things and the way we present ourselves in order to help officers better understand who we are, what we do. It's one of the reasons we're doing this specific episode and one of the reasons we started the podcast to begin with. But but it just brought me all the way back to, um, I don't know, Norfolk, D.C., yeah. watching, <laughs> watching you give that presentation, like, way back when. And I'm just going to go off our little role here, but he's talked about, you know, this changing. And this actually goes back to some of the outrageous things. This changing, I think, you know, I see Cameron Brooks has changed. Where we, our model of what we do is still the core is the same. You know, when Roger Cameron and Renee Brooks started this 45, I guess, over 50 years ago, it was like in the late, early 70s. And for a long time, like 15 years, the only two types of positions they really recruited for was sales and manufacturing. But as you know, I hope by being part of a conference and Pete, th that has exploded. 
that has changed, goes back to the diversity of the types of candidates that we want as well. And so I guess I would add that in there as something that we do. We, we recruit for engineering jobs, consulting, business analysts, corporate finance, things that you would never think of, like strategic contracts that Johnson Johnson has with some of their largest con, uh, companies, medical device sales, manufacturing in a variety of industries. And we could go on and on. I think it's every conference I learn about a new company and new position that I never even know. And then I'm, like I said, between 21 years. And that goes back to that diversity piece that we talked about at the beginning. It is a really cool thing. Just one more small add on. It is so cool that, you know, you, you do more than I do here, but basically I spend most of my days here at Cameron Brooks talking to officers, except for when the conference rolls around, then I get to learn about the companies that are coming and, and participate in the matching process. But I don't, I don't want to miss what Joel just said. I mean, every single conference, me being the junior guy here at eight years, I'm still every single conference learn about a new company, a new opportunity that I didn't know previously. And if he, that 21 years is still doing that, it's just amazing that there's so much opportunity, diversity in corporate America that military officers can get into. It is, it is a, it's a truly novel experience that officers participated in through this process. And uh, one more point before we go to the next. next <laughs> we, 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 we do need to change. You said I do more than you do. We need to make that change. <laughs> All right. right. Sure. All right. So uh, keep rolling, Hope. Keep us on track. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, good dialogue there, gentlemen. Um, so I back to um, most outrageous things I've ever heard. A lot of it has to do with fees. Um, so let's just kind of dive right in. You know, do is there a fee for officers to use our services? That is definitely one of my most frequently asked questions. And I, and I think it's interesting because you probably answer that question a lot, but I actually answer that question a lot as well. Like when I'm meeting with an officer for the first time and helping them to understand what their marketability of corporate, corporate America could and might be. And, and that's a, sometimes I proactively tell this or say this, and sometimes I'm asked, but I think there is a misconception that our compensation, our fee is generated from the officer's compensation. And I think, I can't remember we said this before or after we hit the record button, but, but some people, officers think that Cameron Brooks takes up to 20% of their total compensation of the first year or salary or whatever, whatever it might be. And it couldn't be further from the truth. The bottom line here is that, yes, we are a professional services organization. Yes, we generate revenue, right? What does that mean? That means we're not a we're not a, a, a nonprofit, so we don't rely on um, uh, uh, fundraising and donations. We're not a government agency, so we do not rely on the government to fund our activities. Like we're, we're a professional services firm in corporate America. And of course, in corporate America, professional services, revenue minus cost equals profit. So yes, we generate a revenue. But it's important to appreciate that the, Joel mentioned the, the two clients that we serve or the two entities that we serve, the business world, clients who hire military officers and the military officers who transition. The only way that we generate revenue is when a business hires a military officer from a camera rich conference, they pay us a fee. That fee is pre-negotiated long before the conference. It does not come out of a JMO salary, their bonus, their benefits. It doesn't come out of their compensation whatsoever. Now it does come out of from the company, but it's a completely different line item. It's typically called like, you know, recruiting services or something along those lines. And it, and it is the one way 
that companies find high potential talent, or really any talent for that matter, uh, certainly in this case, high potential talent for their organization. That's great, Pete. I usually, when that when that misconception or that rumor kind of comes up for me, I say, if a firm is asking for you to pay upfront uh, for what they're offering you to run away. And what, how do they respond to that? <laughs> they laugh usually. They're like, okay, well, I just wanted to ask the question <laughs> just to be sure, cover all the bases, which I, you know, encourage. You need to cover all your bases when you're starting your research. Um, so, in covering bases, um, location often comes up in my first conversations. Um, and, you know, I think that plays an important factor in every, you know, JMO search um, because it hasn't been something that they can, can have control over in the military. Um, but some of the misconceptions that I hear are I hear that recruiting firms don't really care about your location preferences or, um, I, you know, I don't want to get stuck in Fargo, North Dakota. So Joel, I'm going to pivot back to you. Let's tackle this FAQ. Actually, I got to clarify one thing. I actually hear this quite a bit. And it's kind of a funny story. It, it, this comes up. It's not Fargo. It comes up. I've been, I've been to Fargo. It's actually a pretty nice place. Um, yeah. But I always say, yeah, I don't want to be stuck in, in, you know, I just don't want to go to Minnesota. I can't hear if they, it's always one state that they pick where they don't want to go that comes up. And then I look at them and I said, hmm, interesting. You know where I'm from? They're like, oh, no. Minnesota. <laughs> Texas? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> Pretty darn good place. Well, tell them where you're from. Come on. I said, yeah, from Minnesota. And, and well, Fargo's on the border of Minnesota. And, and uh, not only is it a good movie, and it's strange. You don't necessarily base Fargo on that, but. Yeah, in, in Minnesota, it can be a great place to live. There's a lot of positives to it. And I think that um, I think that's part of it. We'll get into this location piece, and there's a lot of positives out there. I can't speak for any other recruiting firm. So when I say this, this is really about Cameron Brooks, and I'm making a guess and a judgment when I say I can't speak about other recruiting firms. I I I I have this sense that there's that well, we get labeled that Cameron Brooks says, you've got to be open to everything because they want to place you. And we probably do get labeled that we don't care about your, your location. But I would actually counter with, I bet you there's no other recruiting firm out there that cares more about your location than Cameron Brooks. And, but it depends on what you mean by care about your location. So first, let me address, you don't need to be open to the entire country. First of all, the entire country doesn't have a lot of options. I mean, you can if you if you you really can cut out the Dakotas and yeah. not work because you're probably, probably not, not going to go to Fargo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Montana, yeah. and it's not going to really affect your search. And, that, and that's narrow, right? But um, you know, there's a lot of people that are they're from the East Coast, spouses from the East Coast, their entire families on the East Coast, and they may say, "Listen, I, I just think if I'm out." west of the Rockies, that's going to be hard for me to get back home. I get that. That makes sense. And they can actually, depending on their background, craft a career search that keeps them maybe even east of the Mississippi or east of the Rockies. Now, they miss, might miss out on a few opportunities, but the goal isn't to be open to the entire country. That's, that's, not, the, that's not the point. The point is that we're trying to help the person make the transition from where they are now to where they want to go 
we believe in our experience, not just believe, we believe that exploring as many options as you possibly can and comparing those options will allow you to make a really good choice. So location will be a factor. It was a factor in micro-research. Certainly was a factor in Pete's and he can tell you his story that we just believe that make it a heavier factor towards the end. You can make it a factor in the beginning. You could say, I'm open to the entire country. You, or you could say, I'd like to you know, narrow down to these big, broad geographies. But the goal is, it kind of depends on the person's background. The more career fields that they can fit into and that they're interested in, they might be able to narrow a little bit on location. But what does narrow a little bit on location mean? Well, it, it means maybe you're east of the Mississippi or big cities, or we've had people that have spouses that have certain certifications like in nursing or medicine or lawyers, and they can only practice in certain states. So it's not regional, but it's all these different states. But if you cobble that together, and we can look at that and say, based on our experience, you would still have 9, 10, 11 high quality opportunities. And that is enough to do a, a compare your options and make a good decision. So it actually has nothing to do with, can we place you? Part of it has to do with, can we help you? Because if you're so narrow, you come to Cameron Brooks, we might only have two, three options for you. Well, that's not a great strategy. Second, we also, don't, we also believe it's not a great strategy to compare two to three things when you're leaving the military because there's so many things out there. And if you end up choosing your career for the intrinsic things like quality of the company, nature of the work, the people you've worked with, what you're going to learn, future opportunities, the foundation that you're going to gain, you're going to make this transition. And then if you didn't start in your ideal location, it's so much easier to, to navigate back to. I don't know of one single one of our alum. I don't know. They, they're probably out there. They can listen to this. They can call me, email me. But I'd love to hear any of our alum that have been out in corporate America for five years. Are you living where you don't want to live? Are you in a place where you don't want to be? I don't think, I, I, I haven't heard any of them ever tell me that. No. Now there might be three in the first three or four years. They might be in a, you know, it's not a D tier. It might be a B tier or it could be C tier. It's good. It's okay. I even remember one of our alum that came to this conference last year. He was recruited for his company. He said, you know, I, I got to tell you, we, they went to the, the only medical company at this time. This is about 10 years ago. was doing robotic surgery. The only company in the world that was doing robotic surgery. I can't remember where it's from, but he went to Cleveland. And Cleveland can be kind of you know, polarizing for people. They're either from there and love and want to get back or they're like, what? The mistake on the lake or whatever they call it. Um, so this guy's like, I can't even get my wife out of Cleveland now. Wow. So I think the point that I'm trying to make is we care. We sweat it. And when we go into a matching process with companies, we are sweating that and looking at that. And we're calling. And we're going to be upfront with you on if we can or can't help. But we do believe the broader you look at things, more opportunities you consider, the more likely you're to make a really good decision. Because we're not after you getting a job. That could have been put up in the, what do we do? We're not at, we don't help people get jobs. Isn't that crazy? We don't help people get jobs. Now I'm getting passionate here. We don't even help you get in, into, a, into a career necessarily. Really, the career is part of it. We really measure our success 
Where are you three years after your transition? What does your resume look like? That's what we measure our success after. Have you been promoted? What are you, are you with your company? Do you have like four or five, like pride, great accomplishments that you can stand on? Because you know what? Now you have established yourself as having a track record in corporate America. The company can now count on you in their succession planning. And if you so choose at that, you know, four to five year point, you could, if you want to pivot to another company. Now, majority of ours don't. I think it's something like high 70% um, are still with the original company in the, in the five-year point. So it's not everybody, but you want to get that foundation. That is what we are after. And so this goes back to location. Why do we advocate for this? Because as Renee Brooks, when she hired me, said, choose the company based on the intrinsic things because you are going to spend 75% of your waking hours at work. We have just recently been doing these scheduled check-in calls with our alum that we placed in the last six months because it's been hard on them with COVID. Um, so we've started wanting to have more proactive to check in with them. And I ask them, what do they love about their career? What do they enjoy about it? You know what, I think I've done, I think I've counted now 28 of these calls. Not one of them said, oh my gosh, my house, my neighborhood, my home, my, the location, the restaurants, proximity to my, my in-laws or my family. What they talk about is, oh my gosh, the challenges right now. I am learning a lot. I've got this great boss. We meet once a week. He talks about my development. I had my annual review and here's what they told me. 75% of your waking hours are spent at work. And now listen, I don't want you to go to a, some city that, that, or location that you just can't handle. But I think as a military officer, you're a lot more resilient than you think. And it is hard. I want to let, and before I turn over to Pete, I acknowledge this, it's hard. You may have been stationed in Louisiana, and not just anywhere in Louisiana, but Leesville, Louisiana. Or Minnesota. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. There's not a lot of military going on up there. Um, or uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. It's a nice place. Or you've been out to sea a ton. And your spouse has this career, and they've been putting their career on hold for you. And it's hard. And, hey, it's now it's time to get out. And the natural thing to do is go on location. And, and, and I'll self-admit, before I talked to Cameron Brooks, I thought I was going to move back to Flagstaff, Arizona, where my wife is from. And open like up like a health club or something like that. It was so ridiculous. But I was serious because I didn't know any better. Now, this generation with the internet and, and uh, all the podcasts and video, probably a lot more educated on this. But Pete and Hope certainly fill that in. That's certain my, my thoughts on location. It's really good. I, I only want to say one thing, not in my own experience, but Joel said, you know, you may miss out on an opportunity. And, and I just want to clarify that because he said it fast and he was making a point, a different point. You know, when we work with military officers, we get to know you professionally over a period of time. We build a relationship. We know we get a good sense of how you see yourself, what you're looking for, um, the types of opportunities you're most interested in. And the type of opportunity that you're most interested in may be in a location that you just flat out will not go to. And that's okay. As Joel said, I won't reiterate all, all of what he just said, but it, like uh, a lot of this is uh, choices that you get to make and trade-offs you get to evaluate with you and your family, but just recognize that as a trade-off. And it's not a threat or a scare tactic, but the best fit or potential best fit at the company may be in a location that, or at the conference, excuse me, 
maybe in a location that you just don't want to go to. And, and we're not going to push you in that direction. We may call you and say, hey, he mentioned we were going to call you. We'd say, hey, this, this is right up your alley relative to everything you've said to us over the last year. And you can evaluate it for whether you'd consider that opportunity or not in an interview. But, but, but the bottom line point is a lot of that has to do with how you want to conduct your search. Again, I will reiterate one thing. If you narrow down to San Antonio, Texas, my hometown, it would be hard to, it would be hard to pull that off. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah, well, there's a, 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 we could just spend so much time on this, but yeah. anecdotally, I have two stories. Or I have, I have actually 21 years. I have tons. And one, one that says, I can't remember his name. I can see him. My very first conference, I was like, my very first employee conference. I think I wasn't even doing anything. I just remember standing next to Chuck and this guy walking up to Chuck and saying, I want to interview with Ethicon Endosurgery, which is a division of Johnson Johnson. And I'm not on the schedule. And Chuck said, well, because you didn't want to do this location. I know, but I really like this company. It's 21 years later. This guy is still with the company. He went, wow. not only did he interview with them, he got, he got an offer, he got accepted, he's still with them. And then two more anecdotes, because this happens a lot. There's this company in California, wine company, right? The largest privately held winery in the world. How many times, Pete, have we gone to the conference and said, I don't want anything in California. In California. Yeah, I don't want anything in California. Yeah, yeah. They get to the conference, they're like, hey, I really want to interview with this company. <laughs> oh, well, you told us you want to go to California. I know, uh, but for that company, I would go there. Yeah. Last one we were trying to tell you before um, is that, you know, there's a, hey, I have a last preference and, and I would seriously consider. So we end up like having to change around schedules. And then lastly, maybe we can put this in the show notes, but there's a mechanic named Hillary that came to us. That said, um, uh, you know, I really want to be in these like four states. And I think like Houston, Texas may have been on like, nah, I guess it was, it was certainly on this far east if you would consider. She really wanted to be in Orange County. In fact, had offers, not one, but multiple offers. From the conference. From the conference yeah. in Orange County, yeah. where she's from. And she went to the job in Houston, Texas, which was the furthest out. And I think she even talks about it in this YouTube interview that she does that we can post in here as well. Yeah. Um, so I think the point is, is that uh, to summarize, guys, we sweat it. It's hard to understand because you, you don't see all our internal processes, but we're going to match for our April conference coming up. But I sit there and I put my hand on my forehead and I'm looking at location. Will they consider that? Like, and when I don't know, I'll call the person. And so we sweat it. But we also believe that prioritizing the intrinsic things first Exploring the options so you don't miss out on an opportunity. Making a choice will allow you ultimately, again, to go back to what we do three to four or five years down the road. You made it to where you said you wanted to go. I'm thinking real quick. I'm thinking about the, the California guy. His name was, I don't know if you're thinking about Chris or not. His name was, first name was Chris. He was from Kentucky. He really wanted to be back in that neck of the woods, launch his career at this winery in California. So I don't know if that's what you're thinking about or not. It just it's happened multiple times. Yeah, right. there's, just, there's one company that we constantly get. Yeah. Well, I would go there for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. That, was, <laughs> well, that was a great dialogue. Um, and I definitely, from internal processes, I've personally seen uh, Rob, Pete, and Joel, you know, hunched over all the files, matching process, uh, because Joel has a glass office, so I can see in, and taking out like a map. Fishbowl, um, sorry, go ahead. Fishbowl, <laughs> you call it a fishbowl. Not great for taking <laughs> <laughs> But taking out a map, because um, some candidates actually, you know, color in a map uh, for us on location, and, and taking that into consideration. So outside looking in to the fishbowl, 
um, it, you know, we really do care about the location. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, next episode, the second half of the conversation, frequently asked questions. Until then, y'all have a great day.